You're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first uh, topic and guest of today. In the next uh, 15 minutes or so, we're talking about the COVID crisis in India. According to uh, Reuters, India's total COVID cases passed 18 million on Thursday after another world record number of daily infections. India reported 379,279 cases uh, and uh, 3,645 new deaths yesterday, according to the health ministry. Uh, with the world's second most populous nation in deep crisis, with hospitals and morgues overwhelmed, what can we do overseas? Renita Malhotra-Hora joins us this afternoon. She's a former RTHK presenter and producer and award-winning journalist at, now based in the UK, uh, joins us to tell us more. Uh, Renita, welcome on the program. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you, Noreen, for having me on the show. It's always the one thing that really brightens up my day, my life, is to be on your show. Thank you so much. Um, I wish we were catching up, you know, in, in more positive circumstances. And I'm really, really sorry for what's happening uh, in India. Tell us more about what you know. You know, the situation is really, really bad. When I woke up here, uh, I'm in California on Monday morning, the the count of viruses was 352,000, and that was a record at that point. The next day, it went down slightly, but clearly there was speculation that it was being underreported, and it was because, as you just said, today it's up to 379. What we are being told is that what is being officially reported is far less than what we're actually seeing on ground. Because if you compare the official numbers to what the crematoriums, mostly the crematoriums are reporting, the figures that we're getting are anywhere from 20x to 50x. That's ridiculous. Wow. Times the number of, you know, the official reports of both uh, viruses and deaths. Mm -hmm. So as you can imagine, the situation is really dire. It's, it's playgrounds and where, where kids go to play, parking lots have been turned into crematoriums. It's horrible. Nobody has oxygen nobody has oxygen we can't believe that it's reached such a crisis point and we're all sort of grappling with what can we do to try and get oxygen which right now is still the number one need for for everybody for for people out there what can we do to get oxygen to them grappling with that alongside trying to deal with Please, can you help? My brother needs is standing outside the ER, needs to get into hospital. His doctor's not answering. There are no beds. There's, you know, and we've been working through cases. When I say we, it's everybody. The Indian diaspora at large, wherever they are, trying to help. And even in most situations, we can no longer count on contacts and references and help to get that brother or that person in hospital. In the few situations that we have been able to, you don't know what's going to happen. You helped someone, but you took a hospital bed away from somebody else. Two days ago, I was faced with exactly this. Uh, you know, a friend asking about, you know, her relative who, who was outside one of the hospitals. Please, please, you know, I'm calling everyone. Can you help? Push and pull. We managed to get him in after several hours. The next day, I was told she was crying in tears. Thank you. We would have been in a really bad situation. He's stabilized. That was the second day, third day he died. Oh, gosh. That's and that's just one example. 
Exactly. Um, for, for, for some of our listeners who, who may know some of the situation in, in India, at the moment, people are being turned away from hospitals because of the lack of beds and lack of oxygen cylinders. That's a big problem. Um, so what are people doing when there's a lack of um, oxygen cylinders? They're turning to the black market. I mean, how bad is the situation? I've been reading various press reports. Um, Renita, I, I know you've uh, talked about that on social media. What's your understanding what are people doing instead now people are just trying to figure out noreen what they can possibly do so you know india is really you know the world's second most populous nation as as you know and there is a real dichotomy of the rich and the poor yes if you're rich then perhaps you can deploy your resources and connections to get the oxygen tanks but like you said in doing so you're taking away from somebody else exactly and and so some of them you're right about the black market i mean this was again the first thing sort of that greeted me on monday morning of this week and what's happening with that is that as you can imagine the the prices of oxygen are skyrocketing the prices of medicine and drugs also. And then once you turn to the black market, you don't know what is legit or what isn't. There's spurious drugs, all sorts of things, right? Vaccinations are completely out. I know people who have gone for an appointment to get their second dose and then were then sent home saying there's no supply. Sorry, you had an appointment, but we're sending you back. So it's a horrible situation and what really i don't want to make this a big political discussion or even a small one for that matter but it is very very clear that the government has done no good and the prime minister wants to funnel everything through you know his office just yesterday he turned an entire shipment of concentrators back to china back he sent it back when people are dying because they weren't coming through the prime minister's office I cannot even begin to tell you. I'm shocked to hear that. Yeah, that's shocking. I mean, lives comes first. Politics, rightly or wrongly, should never be a part of a global health crisis, which sadly, sometimes we do see that being played. So yeah. there are a lot of um, um, Indians living overseas, even if you're not Indian, living overseas. What role can we do? What, 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 you know, watching the news sometimes, you feel really helpless. I can't even imagine what it's like for, you know, you and, you know, your friends to be so far away from your loved ones, your friends and your family in India. You feel helpless. What can we do? There are, you know, three or four things that we Indians and not non-Indians can both do. Um, the Indian community, firstly, around the world has really gathered together. I have personally just reached out to all of my networks in Hong Kong, in the UK, in the US, in India, Europe, everywhere. And I am amazed how people have come together and are collaborating to find oxygen first. We have found concentrators in China. We found concentrators in Malaysia. We found concentrators in, in, on, the Eastern, uh, on the East Coast of the United States. We have gathered together orders and um, worked with, you know, our local contacts to basically get these shipped to airports to then be shipped to India. When I say shipped, I mean uh, flown by air, air freighted. Yeah, clear on the other side, and then we've got people on ground, people, our, our connections, our network, our family, our friends, working on ground to actually help with the on ground logistics to distribute them. So this is all physical and coordination work, right? Um, 
the more difficult and the easier thing, depending on how you define it, is raising the funds to pay for all of this. Mm. Okay, so uh, fundraising is not easy for anyone, anywhere, for anything, but it absolutely has to be done. When I say easier, in the sense you don't have to go anywhere to do that. We have a GoFundMe account. In the last, um, since Sunday of, you know, early this week, um, I have been working round the clock. And it's not just me. I'm just one example of one person, you know, in the world. But we've all been working round the clock. We've man- I have managed to raise close to a million dollars for three or four different groups. Wow. For three or four different groups. They all have different fundraising objectives, but the larger objective is the same is to get oxygen to India. So um, if there's nothing else you can do, please, whoever you are, Indian, not Indian, at the very least, please contribute um, a dollar, anything that you can, and share. We've got, you know, I just, on the chat, I've put a GoFundMe link. That is the current fundraising um, that we're doing we meaning the people that I'm connected with right now, this moment to get um, a very finite unit of a hundred, a very finite number of a hundred oxygen concentrators to rural areas in India through small NGOs and charities, the ones that are usually forgotten, not the big charities that everybody knows about. So, and we keep changing and keep evolving sort of, you know, the fundraising targets and objectives, you know, and it's changed over the course of the week three, four times already. But this is this is sort of the current need. So whoever you are, whatever you can do to get involved, if you have access to um, logistics or you can get involved to help us with the logistics, we welcome that too. Yeah, um, I'll definitely post uh, your GoFundMe page on our Facebook Live as well so people can uh, go there and check it out. I'm looking at some of the figures of uh, the cost of oxygen cylinder. The usual price of an oxygen cylinder is about 80 US dollars. So that's about 600 Hong Kong dollars. But in the black market, it can go up to about 1,000 300 US dollars. That's almost 10,000. That's over 10,000 Hong Kong dollars. So you're going from 600 Hong Kong dollars to 10,000 Hong Kong dollars. What family can keep getting these oxygen tanks, um, uh, oxygen cylinder of 50 liters to their family? And then you've got the cost of drugs, which is overly inflated. Um, one of the drugs, and uh, uh, excuse my pronunciation, maybe I'm not pronouncing it right. It's uh, Tocilizumab drug, which is at 400 mg, the usual price of it is 540 US dollars, which is, you know, around about 4,000 Hong Kong dollars. But in the black market, it can go up to, this is shocking, it can go up to 32,000 Hong Kong dollars. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy what's happening. And you're very right to point it out because, you know, this is not a rich country. Yes, we have a growing middle class and, you know, all those things. But People cannot afford to pay double, triple, quadruple the price, um, you know, and get things on the black market. And even that is just a luxury for, you know, it just it's it's not an option for the average human being. Um, so it's it's a real problem. Cylinders are one thing, and you know, this is the other thing. This people don't know the difference between cylinders, concentrators, ventilators, and oftentimes they don't know what they should be asking for. Um, cylinders are the sort of the most common need. 
but increasingly the need is for concentrators. Oxygen concentrators actually create oxygen out of the surrounding air and help with, you know, once you're using them, they help actually push oxygen through the normal breathing I didn't process. know that either. So oxygen cylinders are, are important, but actually the other ones, the os- oxygen concentrators are m- more sought after. Right now, because oh. there is such a lack. And, and in fact, so ventilators, which is the third thing, that that is different because that's once you're in, in the, the hospital, hospital and in the ICU it, unit. Yeah. yeah, it forces forces oxygen, you know, in, you know, into your system because you know your breathing by that point has gotten so bad. So, for example, uh, what a lot of nursing homes, hospitals, smaller hospitals, and doctors are doing right now is they're trying to import or get you know concentrators to stabilize people at home either to prevent, hopefully prevent them from getting to the stage where they need to go to hospital or um, to, you know, in the event that they actually do eventually need to go to the hospital, at least they've got some oxygen at home and, and they're able to stay at home for a longer time before they absolutely need to go to the hospital. So I have friends in Delhi who, Sama Nursing Home, they're saying, please help us you know, please get us concentrators. And I had this conversation, I think, last week or this morning. I don't even remember. And I said, how many do you need? And they're not even able to articulate. They're saying, we'll take whatever you can give us. Is it 20? Is it 30? Is it 40? We desperately need them. We need them to stabilize people in their homes, like I just described. And then we need them for the absolute very poor who just can't afford anything. You know, that is done then through donations and charity. So... I know I keep saying this on the program, but it's just so unimaginable. I mean, we're so fortunate here in Hong Kong where yesterday was, I think, 11 cases or was it 15 cases, uh, local cases. I just cannot imagine being in a situation where you bring your loved ones, elderly loved ones or, or, you know, children or whoever you love to the hospital and being just actively turned away. Just how scary that situation would be. Um, Rini, forgive me. I mean, how did the situation get so exponentially bad in in India because you know bearing in mind this can happen in any community when the measures are not in place you know because with COVID there are not it's very infectious disease that things grow exponentially so it could be you know as Professor Benjamin Cowling said on Backchat um, uh, from HKU said it can go from 100 cases to 200 cases to 500 to 1,000 to 10,000 to 20,000 so it just grows exponentially. But what was what was a cluster? Was there a cluster in India? What, what happened to make it spike so badly in the past week? There was more than a cluster, Noreen. Again, like I said earlier, I don't want to make this about you know. I, I don't want to. I know what you mean. Yeah, there's so much we can't really. Yeah. But you know, it is very very clear that India got totally lax. By the time we hit December or so, you know, India had, the government had declared that, you know, we've, we've, we've won this war against, you know, COVID. Uh, we're out of it. We're in the clear. And the government right now, there are major elections going on in West Bengal. So that's, you know, one part of the country, you know, and I'm sorry to say it, but the prime minister <laughs> is, is very keen on getting votes. So there have been election rallies. There was a Kumbh Mela, which is like this 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 Hindu uh, festival, if you will, that is massive and crowded and uh, more yeah. physical bodies in in concentrated amounts of space than you can ever imagine. I mean, there are times and the IPL cricket, 
I mean, all of these events. So there going just wasn't a lot of social distancing measures in place. Yeah. It's already difficult in a country like India, like China. Like absolutely, India. it's difficult because it's just a you know a big a big country. So it's difficult. Yeah. Very populous, but then if you're going to have these forced events at a time when you know the global world, the world is still going through a pandemic. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah. Folks right. are not more. Yeah, well, really, we're out of time, but just remind our listeners once again, how can we really, really support? You have a GoFundMe page, and what will the money yes. be used for? Tell us again. Yes, the money, okay, firstly, the money very specifically is being used to find oxygen concentrators. Um, the main supply right now is coming from Pennsylvania. Then they will be sent to India, and they will be distributed in India to hospitals, nursing homes, charities, uh, through charities, um, because, you know, these hospitals and nursing homes simply can't afford to buy them. Okay, right? thank so you so much, Rini. I'm afraid we're out of time today, but let's continue our chat uh, next time, perhaps with an update. We'll put the GoFundMe page. Thank you so much for your time uh, this afternoon. Thank you.